Friday, Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. I hope your week has been great so far, and I hope it gets even better this weekend. Um, It will, though, because if you're starting with this episode and this podcast this weekend, you're in for a treat. But before I get into that, make sure that you're following me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and uh, YouTube, all Dalton K. Jensen or The Thinking Project. Just type those in. You'll find me. Uh, make sure that if you're listening to this on Apple, you hit the top plus button at the right-hand corner and you leave a review for me. That helps me out a ton. And follow the podcast on DaltonKJensen.com. Listen, if you're a business owner or you want to start a business or maybe you need some referrals, uh, I have on my website a sponsor tab that has my preferred network. So if you need a digital marketer, social media marketer, a photographer, you need an inventory guy, a merchant guy, you need a coach or a mentor, you need uh, somebody who's done what you want to do, you can find them on my website. They've all been vetted. They're all approved by me. And go check them out. If you have any services from there, make sure that you tell them I sent you. And get your business rolling. For real. I'm serious. Today, I had the amazing pleasure of interviewing Dr. D. Franey. Uh, Dr. D is a life and business coach and a performance expert. And she's helped hundreds of clients execute their ambitious goals, including scaling seven-figure businesses. She was absolutely wonderful. Uh, Dr. D earned her doctorate of management and organizational leadership and an MBA where her research focus was performance excellent. Uh, she's got over seven years and 10,000 hours of one-on-one -on -one coaching experience. And guys, it came out in this episode. I'm being for real. There were some golden nuggets in this episode that you will not want to miss. We had an amazing conversation. So make sure you check it out. And without further ado... Welcome, everybody. This is Don Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. Before we get started, um, tell, so tell me what you do. I see that you're a life coach, you're a business coach, you got a couple things going on. Um, but why don't you tell me, like, in your own words, what, what you do and introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, I'm Dr. Nikarni, and like you said, I, I kind of do a little bit of everything. Life coaching, business coaching. My um, doctorate is in management, um, organizational leadership. And my oh, wow. research was in performance excellence. So especially in change-making organizations. How do we know we are doing a good job? How do we measure impact? How do we do a better job, right? So leading people to get desired outcomes. And so um, that degree was kind of creating change and influencing behavior yeah. on a larger scale, a macro level. And in coaching, I'm doing the same thing, leading change, helping people create vision, influencing behavior on a micro level. So that's incredible. Yeah. And as you know, for most entrepreneurs, um, you know, our business isn't in a vacuum and our life <laughs> stuff greatly impacts our ability to be successful in our businesses. And so I really look at the holistic approach and help my clients with whatever the challenge is that's in front of them that's getting in their way of, you know, optimal performance and, and their desired results. So. Absolutely. Well, what's funny about that is I'm really glad that we're meeting, by the way, because what's cool about that is uh, I started this thing on LinkedIn and I'm not the only reason I'm saying this is to kind of to lead into what you're talking about. Um, I wrote one of the biggest things I've learned in the podcast. I'm sharing this on LinkedIn. And I just wrote an article the other day that was about like how much your life, the way, the way, the things that make you successful in life and in like relationships are the same things that make you successful in business. Absolutely. I mean, you take the same brain everywhere you go. And <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? And we, are, we are creatures of habit. Um, the way our brain operates, we create habits of thinking, habits of behavior, and we take the same habits with us everywhere we go. And so that's why, you know, sometimes as clients, we can go from um, in a single call talking about what's going on with their husband to what's going on with their assistant to what's going on with their training program, right? It's like mm -hmm. often the same thing that's the challenge with the husband is showing up in a, in a slightly different way, but it's happening in the business too. Sure. I, that's what I was saying. You know, the principles are the same. The application might look different. The, I, you know, the, the problem might be a little different. It's kind of like the, it's kind of like what everybody complained about in math class when you would <laughs> learn something from the teacher and then they would be like, this is a totally different problem. And the math teacher would be like, no, it's not. It just looks different. 
but we're mm. going to solve it the same way, right? Yes, that's such a good uh, <laughs> analogy. <laughs> yeah, well, I so I got my degree in accounting um, and finance, and 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 I so I'm a numbers guy, and that was one of the big ones that you know problem solving because it looks different even though it's the same problem. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's crazy. So let me ask you this. Uh, let me jump right into a few questions like that. I have just sure. not now that you've introduced yourself a little bit more. Um, what do you think the most important thing about goal setting is for like business owners and like in life? Ooh, that's a tough question. I think, <laughs> um, the most important thing, if you want to have sustainable growth, uh, an ability to show up and work on the goal is really understanding your reason for why mm-hmm. you set the goal in the first place. What is the bigger vision that you have that this goal is bringing you closer toward? And I think that when you can uh, really are clear on why you're doing the thing, it's easier to show up and do the thing. It creates that burning desire within you to just relentlessly go after it. If you don't have a strong sense of purpose or direction for why you're doing the thing, it can be very easy for the excuses to become distractions. So, Yeah, that's a great point. Because when I talk about goal setting, like I'm nowhere at the level you are, but you know, well, I'll get in conversations with my friends about goals and stuff like that. And it inevitably comes up in a, in one of these podcasts, but I like that you brought up, like, why are you setting the goal in the first place? Because you talked about it, right? Like (laughs) excuses become easier to believe when they, when, when the, the reason might, you know, the reason why isn't strong enough. Am I, am I on the right track there? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, look, everything your brain is pushing against you not changing because it wants to maintain certainty. It doesn't like, um, even though rationally our brain's like, yeah, if I achieve this goal, it's so good for me and and for my family and, and all of that, your survival programming, like the ape inside your brain that doesn't understand logic, doesn't understand reasoning is like, yeah, no, change is bad. There might be tigers there. We might die. And so that part of your brain really just is going to pull you towards not doing the thing that will lead to change to lead to the goal achievement. And so really knowing what that bigger picture is, it's so much easier to kind of have that conversation with yourself. It's like, no, this is why I'm doing this. This is why it's so important to me. This is such a good thing. When you don't have that, it's harder to overcome that inertia that that um, your survival programming is trying to keep you safe, holds you back from doing the thing. Yeah, that's cool. I uh, that that's great because a lot of people a lot of people need to to know that kind of stuff. And that's kind of why I asked it, because goals are in my view, like goals are really a weird kind of topic for me because um, like so I'm an accountant by trade, like that's what I went to school for. I have a few jobs in accounting, Um, but like the biggest part of my career has been in sales. And so like goals and sales are cute. I mean, they're everything. You start your month with it. You know, you have quotas, you have goals. And the problem that I've always run into with goals in like a sales or like a business setting is because I'm very stoic and the way I think and like not focusing on like if you focus too much on things you can't control, like that inevitably leads to me personally that I found and why I gravitated so much to stoicism was because like if I, the more I focused on things I couldn't control, the ha- the ha- less happier I was. Yeah. Right. And so goals are like tricky for me. Like, you know, um, do you set, how do you set goals? Like what, you know, what, what should be the focus of your goals? Because then you meet some stellar people who are like, you know, the, the goals should be about whatever um, or about habits or something like that. And so that, that's just, you know, it's just kind of, kind of a cool topic and like rabbit hole to go down. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that a lot of people have a love hate relationship with goals. You know, there's so much discussion about how we should have goals and we should be goal oriented and they should be smart goals and all this stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. But when the older you get, the more goals you have set that you might not have achieved. And also our brains start to become more um, risk averse um, around the age of 25, right? We start to have children. We have, in the older we get, the more is at stake, right? And so mm-hmm. there's, 
and the goals become harder too, the older we get. I don't know if you realize this, but like um, yeah. bigger, either bigger numbers, bigger impact. Um, Hey, how you doing there? I just wanted to take a quick second and introduce myself. My name is Dre Rocka. That's D-R-E-R-A-W-K-A. Yes, that is my legal first and last name. Don't at me. And I wanted to welcome you to my podcast, two of them. I have the Unrestricted Show with me, Dre Rocka, and that's where I get to sit down with some of my friends and we chat about life. We chat about new businesses, just everything with me and my homies. And then I also have my other podcast called the Isolation 20 Podcast, where it is mostly just me and we talk about different things from sports to uh, movies and of course the are you dumb moment where I give somebody 15 seconds of fame for being completely dumb and you know I sprinkle in some pranks in there we have a lot of fun on that podcast so definitely come on over and uh, give me a listen give me a, a, a try trial version if you will allrock.com is where you can find me that's A-L-L-R-A-W-K.com and I hope you have the day you deserve and so because of that Oh my gosh, I just lost where I was going. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know that happens oh. to me all the time. Yeah, no. So we have like a love hate relationship with goals, right? And I think that a lot of people carry um, goal shame because of <laughs> goals that they have gone for and not achie- achieved. And a lot of people actually they'll say that they're really goal oriented out out in public, but you know they have <clears throat> really deep seated fears and anxieties and insecurities about their own ability to to reach goals. And this is something I work with my clients on all the time, but mm. I think the most important thing in terms of having a healthy relationship with goals is to understand that a goal isn't set to prove anything about yourself to earn your worthiness, right? Like your worthiness as a human being is inherent. There's nothing that you can do to earn more or become more mm-hmm. worthy. But a lot of times we set goals to prove ourselves or to feel good enough or smart enough or successful enough, but yeah. you're inherently worthy. Like that doesn't change whether you achieve a goal or not. So then the purpose of the goal is to provide direction for growth. It's who do mm-hmm. I need to become in order to be the woman who's capable of creating that result. And so goals are just a tool to, to guide our direction for growth. That's cool. I like what you said there. Like <laughs> your goal should be like around the person you need to become to achieve those goals. That's what I like, right? So in sales, yeah. I don't necessarily set my goals on like how many units I'll sell or something like that. Although I'm measured on that. My yes. goals are like, what kind of, yeah, like you said, right? What do I need to do to make sure that I can have the best chance of doing that, right? Because if someone buys or not, it has nothing to do. I mean, I've, I've had experience, anybody who's been in sales has had an experience where they've done everything right. You did yeah. everything right. You had the customer loved you, the price was right, the time was right, and they just say no. And there's nothing yeah. you can do. I mean, there's a lot that we can do to influence people and, and, that's where I put my time in sales is like, how can I become a better person that I can increase my chances of, of getting this deal or whatever, instead of like, you know, I have to get this many deals or else. Um, And that's just like personally for me, because it's like, yeah, I, I mean, it happens all the time. Like if you haven't been in sales long enough, if you haven't had that experience, in my opinion, it's so true. It's so true. Right. Yeah. Even in business. Right. Even if you're not in sales, but you're in business, like, you know, you do everything right. And the customer hates what you do. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, ultimately, like the cell itself is a lag measure. And really Mm -hmm. what's more important is to focus on the process, your lead measures. Right. It's like how you're showing Mm -hmm. up what your your own controllables. So like you're Mm -hmm. instinct to focus on your controllables is is the only thing that you can really do obviously in sales <laughs> the goal is to influence people to the result that we want um which yeah. is the sell but um we can't all like you said sometimes we do all the right things and it still doesn't fall in our favor it is a numbers game and some months you're going to wow. get a lot of yeses and other months you're going to get a lot of no's and and sometimes mm. you get lots of yeses in a, in a in a row and sometimes you have to get a lot of no's before you get a yes right and that's yeah, why it's yeah. all about how are you showing up 
How are you improving your skills each time so that you're more likely to get a yes, right? Rather than focusing on the no or what you, you know, it's like, okay, what did I do? Uh, what worked? What didn't work? And what will I do differently next time? One of the most important skills that we can have in sales, in business, or as a growth-oriented, goal-focused um, human is evaluation. Most people don't take the time to evaluate what they're doing, and and you're you're leaving so much yeah. potential and possibility on the table when you don't take the time to slow down and say, okay, in this interaction with a customer, what worked? What didn't work? And what will I do differently next time? And if you are doing that in real time, in action, you know, while you're in action, focused on your controllables, you will get, start to get different results. But most people just keep showing up the same way, <laughs> expecting different results, which, you know, I yeah. call that insanity. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, for sure. Well, um, so organizational management, that's what you got your yeah. doctorate degree. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's, that's always been a fascinating kind of idea to me because it's super important for an organization to know like its strengths and weaknesses and, and also like, but I have this question about culture. It's kind of like a buzzword right now and the, but the buzzword and when I, when I don't understand something, I get kind of annoyed because everybody throws it around and I can't be the only person who doesn't understand who, who doesn't understand this. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, so for you, you know, my podcast is focused on small businesses. 95% of small businesses don't really have employees. Um, yeah. but for the ones who do like, how do you define culture and why is it such a big buzzword right now? And what's the deal? Like how, how would you explain this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, ultimately I think it's um, super important. It's actually one of the most critical factors. It's so funny when I used to um, interview for jobs, I would always ask like one of my questions to the interviewers was tell me what your culture is in three words. And it always caught them off guard. And I always got an honest answer because like they, the person never expected it. Right. Um, yeah. And so that for me, I realized that culture fit was most important, right? Like I needed to be plugged into um, an energy, um, a vibe that worked more so than, Hey, do they have the right benefits? Um, mm -hmm. In terms of culture, it's really about kind of what's, What's the vision of the organization? What are their values? What's the mission? What is the priorities? How do we treat our people? Um, what are what's important to us? And and you know, does our actions match our talk? Right? Because sometimes there's companies that have a very beautiful culture on paper, but once you get inside of them, they're very toxic. Right? It's either um, mm -hmm. you know very cutthroat environments or um, you know, where they don't care for or take care of their employees value the contribution. So culture really is, it is like to pull in more of like a woo-woo way to describe it. It's the way it feels and, mm -hmm. and the purpose and, and that like, why are we even here to do this thing besides making money? <laughs> right. Well, and I guess, I guess why I'm so, I don't know if cynical is the right word, but like, because I work for a company right now who I love. I mean, they're a fantastic company, um, but I'm like, I'm like this. So I heard someone say once there's like two, two ways of like outgoing people. They're, they're like assertive and oh, extroverts, right? They were describing extroverts. And one of the ways they were described was like, um, like assertive or, or something else. And I found out that like, I wasn't like, I'm not a really like bubbly sales guy. Like I'm not like, I don't do pep rallies very well. Like, I just don't, I don't know. I, you know, if somebody were to pull us in and, and, uh, and do, you know, something, you know, where they, where we had to clap and like, they were like, <laughs> come on, it was, you know, it's like a Tony Robbins, yeah. by the way, I love Tony Robbins, but, but, but I'm not a pep rally guy. Like I'm yeah, more like of like a show up, get it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, ah, so, so I guess what I'm trying to say is, is like, what do you do when, what, so what do you look for in, in culture? I mean, you were kind of talking about it as like, what, you know, if, if it fits you, if it fits your vibe kind of thing, but, but 
what's the most important thing to look for? I mean, like, why, why is it the most important thing that should be in a company? I mean, we spend more time at a job than we do with our own families. We spend more time at <laughs> yeah. a job than we spend on our own interests. And so when you think about the culture, it's really like, I don't know really like a great way to maybe let's go with flavors of ice cream, still ice cream, right? Like a job is a job, but different flavors are appeal. Like some people really like buttered Mm -hmm. rum raisin and some people, I hate raisins. Like they're just so gross. Like (laughs) I'm not. Um, And some people, right. You said raisins is an ice cream and I'm like, no way, man. I know raisins are so gross, but, um, (laughs) and so like that, I'd be like, no thanks, right? Mm-hmm. If I went into a butter rum raisin company, I'd just be like, mm-hmm. mm, "This is not the right fit for me." Like, I wouldn't. Um, sure, I could do the job that they're um, asking me to do, like I'm qualified for it. But like, I don't want to taste that every day. I don't want to eat that every day. I don't want to have to like be mm-hmm. be in that. You know, when my favorite might be like, I don't know, peanut butter like cups or like mint yeah. chocolate. Chip. <laughs> yeah, okay, and cool. so. It's it's it, it. Some people will thrive in a very you know fast paced, um, cutthroat environment, and some people don't. Some people like um, companies that are all about like the pep rallies and the motivational stuff, and some people don't. Right, and so yeah. um, that's part of the culture. It's it's the energy and the heartbeat and the the personality. I guess is a good way to describe it. Like the culture is the personality of the organization. Yeah. Well, that's great, and I mean, like you said, like. I guess that's kind of why I'm, I, because the, I guess that's kind of why, like when I see it on LinkedIn or I see it, or you know, it, it gets brought up or somewhere, I just always kind of like, what do you mean? You know what I'm saying? Because it just, I feel like it gets thrown around too much. Like when you, when you, cause it is, cause I believe you, like, I know that it's important cause I've left companies where it's like, it wasn't about the money. I took a pay, I took a, a cut in pay so that I wouldn't have to deal with some of the stuff I was dealing with at a, at my previous company, you know? Yeah. So I totally, so I totally get it. Like I learned, you know, I was like, Oh, you know what? <laughs> Cause I used to fall into this trap. Like I can stay here and deal with all this crap. Um, if the money's right. And, uh, that didn't last very long, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, so, so I understand, but I just, I don't know, maybe it's just, cause it's just like, it's thrown around everywhere. Like yeah. you know, people, we have a great culture. And then you go talk to some people who work there and I'm like, I don't know, maybe if I guess if you like that. (laughs) Yeah, well, and and that's the thing, like some places on paper and the way like their public persona, they've got good public relations. It's like this is what we're about. But like Mm -hmm. what's really happening on the inside when the doors are closed and the cameras are off, that's like. You know, that's why I would ask that question in interviews. Like, what is this culture really about? Like, I see on the website, mm-hmm. we talk about leadership and authenticity and whatever. <laughs> but like, tell you person who's working here that like knows how the sausage is made, give me three words to describe it. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and I would get their honest like assessment because they weren't expecting it. And that's really, that, that was fun for me to like, really be like, is this really where I want to be? Mm-hmm. Um. But that's it's the truth, right? Like sometimes like what we see as an outsider versus what we see as an insider is totally different. Yeah, and, I agree. And like, I would say for, like you said, small businesses, 95% of them don't have employees. It's something that you, when you are starting to bring on employees, you want to think about it before that. And the reason being is that if you yeah. don't set your culture, if you don't define it, it will get defined for you. And do you really yeah, want, yeah. you know, like often our first hire is what an admin person? Like, do you want that person in charge yeah. of like the feeling, the personality, the culture of your organization? Whew. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a way good point. Yeah. You know, they, so most small businesses don't, but they do hire vendors. Like, you know, every small yeah. business owner will have somebody, I mean, they don't, they might not be on payroll, but you know, they've got a virtual assistant, they've got an accountant, they've got people. And so, yeah. And I mean, you know, it makes sense, but let me ask you, let, let me ask you this because, um, you know, you're coaching, you've got, you know, you help big organizations, you help, uh, individuals. What, when you're helping individuals, uh, and kind of in your, in your practice, what's, 
what's the thing you want everybody to like focus on? I mean, if you could teach somebody just if you had five minutes to teach somebody one thing, like what's the most important thing you teach somebody? Oh, man. Um, that is a really hard question. I think it's just like the value and importance of presence. Mm-hmm and satisfaction and contentment that's available to you right now. Yeah. Without like having that. to change a thing, right? Like you don't have to change a thing. Mm-hmm. Like you could feel good right now in this moment if you just change the way you're thinking. Yeah, that's a great one though, because uh, presence. Well, you said that word a couple of times and it reminded me of, I don't know, have you read the book by Amy Cuddy? Yeah. Called presence. Oh, yeah. dude. So good. Amazing book. Amazing book. Yeah. And then also, I don't know if you've read Eckhart Tolle, um, The Power of Now, also very good yes. in the present moment. It's a little yeah. bit more on the well, spiritual side than Ann Cuddy, but. <laughs> well, but, but that's, I mean, here's the, here's the thing. Cause I, you know, I'm, I'm a, I don't know, you might, you might end up on a rap, you know, get me on a crazy rant, but like, um, but going back to our conversation at the beginning of like the things in life and you know, are the same things that make you successful in business. Um, Cause it make you successful, like as a spiritual person, like some people draw like a difference between like a religious person and a spiritual person. I would consider myself both. Um, yeah. But like, so, so when you talk about Amy Cuddy, you got Amy Cuddy on this end and you got, and you got uh, the power of now on this end. I, but for me, it's like, you're just showing how to apply it. The same, the same thing happens. Or yeah. what do you want to call oh, it? Religion absolutely. or spiritual? You know it's what I'm just, saying? Like, I don't really care what you call it. It works. So, yeah. Oh, I think it's really funny because science is like, oh, we're over here and woo woo is over there. And they, and right. people want to think of it as like a, a continuum. It's actually a big freaking circle because up here, we, where we connect with woo woo talking about energy, we also connect with Einstein talking about quantum physics like quantum physics it's all about energy like come on guys it's yeah. it's a big circle it's not like a continuum it's not so different we just like you said different words and different ways of describing similar phenomenon yeah well and how to get there because here's the cool thing about what i like about everything right um being present amy cuddy talks a lot about the you know your your physical body like like when you change your physical presence you become more present right body language like nonverbal communication um and then and then people talk about it as your mind like what do you think about right and that's kind of what drew me um what i like about stoicism which is like you just be here right like don't don't you you got your goals you got all the hustle and bustle but at the end of the day what you're doing right now is gonna is either gonna help you get there or not help you get there right um And yeah, and you call it the same thing. Like <laughs> this is, this is different so words, true, man. Right? Like the only the only time that's real is right now, because yeah, the past sure. the the past is like just memories. Those are just thoughts in your brain, and the future is just projection. It's like a visualization. It also just thoughts in your brain. Nothing actually exists. So the more time that you can spend grounded in your physical body in the now, the less likely you are to experience anxiety or depression or any other um, unnecessary suffering. Because usually all of that suffering is because we are not here in the moment, being present, noticing what is great about it, right? We're off like in our brain, thinking about the past or the future and why right now isn't good enough. And right now is good enough. For sure. Oh yeah, for sure. How hard is that for your <laughs> clients to get? Yeah, like when you have that conversation, I'm sure you get pushback. Yeah, I mean, a little bit at Maybe first, not as right? Much because I, I mean, I think a lot of my people have, um, they're high achievers and they're very goal oriented and they're very like, go, go, go. Um, they've hustled their way to where they've gotten. Um, and I offer to them that they can be content now um, and, and continue striving, but we are, we are taught and conditioned to believe that we, that, um, if we have goals and somewhere we want to go in the future, that that means that we're, uh, we can't really be content yet. Cause this isn't good enough right now. And mm-hmm. that we, we've also been conditioned to use pain and punishment to drive our behavior towards the goal. 
Um, and so a lot of times when I offer like, no, you can be satisfied right now. You can be present in the moment. Um, people start to get worried that they're going to become complacent without the pain to push them. Mm-hmm. But instead, mm-hmm. I want to offer to you that like, actually, um, if you are content and satisfied right now, you're going to have enjoyment right now, but also because you love the challenge of growth, you won't get complacent because you're the type of person that's going to continue to grow and to push the bar, to to push the boundaries of your potential, because that's, that's who you are. That's how you're wired, but you can enjoy right now and keep going for more. You can strive um, satisfied. Yeah. I think you mentioned the lesson that I learned last year, and that is there's a difference between being content and being complacent. I think yes. people get those words that think they're synonymous and they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's funny, like our culture, even I feel like um, thinks that content isn't good enough. Yeah. 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 Well, they've <laughs> what's funny is like they've switched the word. Right. And and yeah. not really switched the word, but they've had to paint it in a new light to get people to understand this concept that that complete like con- being content and being complacent aren't the same thing and they started and they started talking about gratitude yeah right and gratitude is all about right now it's not about like mm-hmm. i'll be grateful when because that's not gratitude yeah right <laughs> that's un- that's expectation that's unrealistic expectations correct you know because you don't know what you know what i mean you don't know if you're going to be happy if you make a million dollars like maybe you do you and maybe you don't change your habits you're going to be the same brain just with extra money (laughs) i like what you said that yeah you did say that you were like it's the same brain in all the situations you're gonna i mean yeah so think about it like if you're whatever your level you're at right now like maybe Mm -hmm. you're making six figures in your business multiple six figures and you're on you're not content you're unhappy you think it's going to be better when you hit seven figures in your business unless Mm -hmm. you learn how to be content along the way content where you are in the journey you're gonna get to a million dollars and still not be content because <laughs> you, uh, you know what i like content in the moment <laughs> yeah you know what I, I like what you said there here's what i like which here's what i like about what you just said was you're probably gonna get there but it's not gonna change anything yeah i think that's a, i think that's a powerful lesson that people unfortunately sometimes learn the hard way is that yeah you're probably you're probably right dude you're probably going to manifest or whatever or work your your butt off to get to a million dollars but if you don't learn how to be happy if you don't learn how to be present if you don't learn like what makes a good culture in your organization like all i mean you'll have it and and it's not gonna be this but what you thought it was yeah you know what i mean because you were living in the future you weren't you weren't focusing on building what you have but building what you wanted building it now you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah and and like right. the destination is never guaranteed either. The only thing that's sure. guaranteed is the journey there. Right. Sure. And so if you're not enjoying sure. the journey or finding ways to look, there's a lot of stuff in business, like in growing a business that sucks and it's hard. And I'm not trying to like, um, you know, like happy wash everything. Like I'm not into toxic positivity, but like <laughs> we can, we can be, content and satisfied and still deal with challenges and 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 hardship um you know life isn't supposed to be uh, you know life is really 50 50 like we're gonna spend about half of it feeling great and half of it feeling like garbage and that's like the design right like yeah okay so two things you mentioned one word that i think is what i was trying to describe with like my view on culture was like this toxic positivity thing. It's like, yeah, you're not going to sound like, and and it's not because I'm cynical. I'm just like, I'm very real. Like you're not selling me on this idea that every day is, is rainbows at, at work because it's, I like, I've worked at too many places to know that that's not true. Right. And like, I live, you know, um, and then the second thing you said was about, you know, um, life. And it reminds me of a Buddhist story that I love where they they distinguish the difference between pain and suffering you know Mm -hmm. like pain is getting shot with an arrow and suffering is the story you tell yourself about why you got shot with an arrow instead of focusing on the fact that you just got shot with an arrow and now you need to either 
now you need to figure out how to not make it happen again. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, <laughs> you yeah. know, I, love that, I love that story because it talks about, because it's a perfect segue into boundaries. Hmm. Like, like, yeah, yeah. They maliciously shot you with an arrow, right? Let's stop, right? Full stop right there. Like now we need to focus on like, don't be around that person anymore. Get out of that situation. Don't get shot with an arrow again. Like these kinds of things, right? That are very important to understand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pain is, is a given. Suffering is optional. And I think <laughs> like this yeah, um, yeah, yeah. inability to be content while striving creates unnecessary suffering mm-hmm. because if you're not content right now, like there's this underlying premise that where you are isn't good enough. But if you look back to you 10 years ago, he or she probably would be very proud of the fact that you are where you are right now and how hard you fought yeah. and the results that you've created. I mean, unless you've completely backslid over the last 10 years, but I don't think the people listening to your podcast are like in that group, right? Like, <laughs> there are people that have like pushed forward, pushed through hard stuff and yeah. like gotten to where they are. And so if you're mm-hmm. not present in the moment, if you're not content in the moment, if you can't find a way to enjoy the journey, you're going to be suffering unnecessarily. Mm, that's great. I mean, that's, that's a, that's I mean, a great one. Like I mean, you shooting arrows into yourself. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Why not dude? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the other reason why I kind of like that. Why I, that's my go-to like people, if people have been listening to my podcast for any amount of time, they probably heard me <laughs> say that quite a bit because that story changed my life. I was like, holy crap. And yeah. then, yeah, you just, it, right. Yeah. You shot yourself with an arrow. Because people don't understand that you need to set boundaries with yourself. Like you need to be like, like there are some things that I, that I don't do because I, because not for anything else other than I know who I am for like, I I'm learning about myself. I've, I've gotten to this point where I know, I know enough about myself that I can't do this. Like, like, for example, I'll just, I'll get a little personal with you. Like alcohol. Um, has, I don't drink alcohol has nothing to do. Like, I don't judge anybody who does has nothing to do with anything else other than like, I know my body can't handle it. Yeah. Full stop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, but, so but the you boundary know, later, is you like not at choosing not to, or saying no. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, like, and so, and so like, like tonight, tonight there's UFC fights <laughs> in the in, uh, United States. Right. And I'll go to I'll go, my buddy is a DJ at a bar and I'll go with them. And all I'm going to drink is is water or Sprite. But but and they're going to do what they're doing and we're going to have a great time. We're going to watch the fights and then we're going to go home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's but it, it. Is, it's all about like making that decision and honoring that for yourself. Yeah. Whether it's. Yeah. And, a boundary with other people or with yourself. Yeah, like yeah, 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 exactly. We're, we're the worst with ourselves, right? Like I used to have a job where, yeah. um, you know, as a salaried employee, um, I would always like either not eat lunch, not take a lunch break or eat like rushed be- between phone calls or meetings at my desk. And like mm. the only person that was creating that result was me for not having the boundary of taking my earned lunch break. <laughs> yeah. and like no yeah. employer is going to be like you didn't take your lunch break like maybe an hourly employee they're going to because they're a little bit more worried yeah, about a wage and labor yeah. claim with them than a salaried employee but like no employer with a salaried employee is going to be like oh i noticed you didn't take your lunch today or yesterday or the day before <laughs> maybe you should start taking lunch break right because yeah. it's it benefits yeah. them that you're just going to work your tail off for them yeah well i was about to say the flips the flip side of that no no employer is going to they also, I mean, they're not paying attention enough to tell you to go take your lunch break. They're also not paying attention enough to tell you that, hey, I noticed you didn't take your lunch seven days in a row. I'm going to give you a raise or a promotion. Like that doesn't happen either. <laughs> right? <laughs> we think that like, we need to stay to like prove that we're so committed or such a good employee, but you're really not noticing. <laughs> yeah, they're and they're and if you quit, if you quit today, they'll hire somebody in a week. Yeah. Yeah. Or if they are noticing that you aren't at your desk and making it a problem, they're probably not the right culture or fit place that you want to work. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm with you on that one. That's it's crazy. It's, I mean, there's a lot of these. Um, I, I'm glad that the kind of the culture is shifting though, to this idea that, 
you know, we need to, we need, we need more of like, you know, you mentioned woo woo. I've used that term before, but it's real stuff. Like this isn't, you yeah. know, this is actual stuff that helps people, you know, it, it, it doesn't have an ROI, mm-hmm. but like right away, like that you can see, you know what I mean? But it does benefit companies and people when you learn how to take care of your mind. And when you, and when you learn how these kinds of principles that, that make you successful anywhere you go. Like, that's what I like about these principles is like, it, it puts power to people. One of the things that I love talking about when I'm talking about sales or like, cause every once in a while I train people in, in sales and stuff like that. Like I, and that was a job I had for a long time, but I was like the confidence that you can like not be tied to any job because you have skills, because you have confidence, because you're, you're, you know, in yourself that you can do something like that's powerful at a current job at the next job. Like one of my favorite things, it's, it's a little cocky, but it gets my message across that this idea that like, Hey, listen, I'm good at what I do. And before, like I'm in my chair and there's the door and before, and if I got it, and if you fired me or I quit before I got to the door, I'd have a job. You know what I mean? And so like, I love myself, you know, I know myself, you know what I'm saying? Like that puts a lot of power back to people that that they didn't have before. Absolutely. And I think that um, there's part of our culture that tells us that we're not supposed to have that self-love and that healthy self-image, right? That we're narcissistic or conceited or arrogant, but like, and I think that is also killing people, right? In terms of their mental health, where you're not allowed to love yourself. You're not allowed to take care of yourself. You're not allowed to have boundaries with yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. But like having a healthy self-image is not the same thing as narcissism. (laughs) There's a big difference. (laughs) Yeah. Having that self-belief that like, hell yeah, I'm awesome. And I have what it takes Mm -hmm. and my skills will be like, you guys don't value my skills. No problem. I'll go to the next place. It does like, that's so healthy. So healthy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right. And so the way I'm saying it probably isn't the best way and there's a better way, but, but the idea is this, the idea is what you're saying, right? Is, is this like, I don't have to, like, when you know that you can do something like I'm fine. I love, if I love where I, if I love where I'm at, then I'll be here. If I don't, I don't have to be here. Like, I'm, you know, and that's what, that's what I love about, you know, this, this idea of coaching. And, you know, um, if you, if you're in it to win it with people, if you want them to be successful, giving somebody that opportunity is one of the best feelings in the world. Absolutely. I mean, ultimately what I'm hearing you say is, is like, First of all, self-trust is, yeah. is so huge. Trusting yourself to always know that you'll have your own back to um, land on your feet, to figure it out, right? Like, I think that mm-hmm. the, the, the belief in your ability to figure stuff out is like one of the most confident creating thoughts and beliefs that you can have. Like, look, I don't have to know everything, but I know that I can trust myself to figure it out out come mm-hmm. on that like is so like yeah. so confident right like yeah and then, and then, oh man i just lost it but like it's just that idea of like um really just trusting in yourself like and that yeah. that self-belief is 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 key because then you're unstoppable it's really a growth mindset that's where i wanted to go with that yeah. right like okay, there yeah you're not a failure. Maybe you had a failed experience at this employer, but like mm-hmm. you're, you still are a human with like tons of um, great skills and abilities and you're going to go in and, and thrive somewhere else, you know? And, and that is the, the undercurrent in coaching is like, how do you handle failure? Because for well, a lot yeah. of people, failure shuts them down and they stop trying. Or, well, they, they internalize yeah. it and right if it's not a, if they don't have a growth yeah. mindset like they're going to be like yeah. oh i am a failure rather than saying oh i failed at this job but i'm still awesome and i'm going to be awesome somewhere else well and this is the funny thing like um so i took a job where like i had a weird i had a very weird experience with with uh, a transition in my career where I took this job and I was actually not bad. Like I, I went in there, I sold a few things. Um, I did pretty well, you know, um, the company had its own issues. 
and I actually ended up getting fired and, <clears throat> and it was, it would have been pretty easy for me. And it kind of hurt at the beginning because that's where all my identity was, was like, I can sell anything. And then for me, I learned that, uh, I mean, I, I just kind of learned this thing that was like, it all doesn't, for me, it, it didn't matter. Like fired, not fired. Was I good at sales? Was I not good at sales? It doesn't really, for me, I was like, it doesn't really matter. Cause I gotta, I got I have to do certain, I had to do certain things at that time that I wasn't able to dwell on those, like mm-hmm. dwell on that stuff. And so I learned like one of the things that I did, and I don't know if this is right, but I was like, but for me, it wasn't a failure. Like I didn't fail. Like I failure didn't exist for me at the time. Like I either, like for me, it was either like wallow and, mm-hmm. and be sad or like, just be like, Hey, didn't work out. Not, not my cup of tea. Wasn't the lane I was supposed to be in. Keep going. You know what I mean? Just, you know? And so maybe it's kind of a stretch to be like, failure doesn't exist because, you know, I see that. But for me at the time, it was like, it couldn't exist. Yeah. You know, it was not the right lane. To me, I mean, like, I I don't know everything about the details, but to (laughs) me, that sounds like a really healthy, like, what if failure didn't exist? I like, I love yeah. the idea of that question. And I even like, I truly believe that fa- failure doesn't exist because we're okay, either cool. like winning or we're learning. I mean, I guess for some yeah. people who don't take the time to evaluate and say like, what worked, what didn't work, what am I going to do differently? Then okay, maybe yeah. there's failure, right? Because like, ultimately like everything in life, it, it is a learning experience. The only way to fail yeah. is to like not take the learning from it and to keep doing the same <laughs> stupid thing over and over and over again, right? Like the universe yeah, is gonna yeah. keep giving you the same opportunity to learn the lesson. And so yeah, you've met those people, right? Where they just like keep knocking yeah. their head on the same problem and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Whoa, don't you see this? Like, come on, there's a you can walk around the post. You don't have to keep walking yeah. into it, right? But they keep walking into it. So like, yeah. there is no failure if you're, if you're finding the learning from it, if you are growing from each experience. Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of what I was getting at was like, for me, um, failure doesn't exist. Like, uh, good and bad doesn't exist because things yeah. just happen and it's like, yeah. things just happen and that's it. That's, you know, you got shot with an arrow, full stop. Things just happen. Yes. Full stop. And then, and yes. what's the point, you know, like I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to take the lessons that were given. I'm going to cherish the experience. I'm going to write it down so I can look back on it later. And then I'm just going to keep going because I don't know, for me, it's like, I don't have, for me, I like to think of it as like, I don't have time for that. Like I've got too much riding on like me and my potential and my family and, and, and all these things. Like I've got too much riding on this to worry about this one thing that didn't work out. You know, and hating people and thinking that you were so wrong. You know, it's like, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. (laughs) Yeah. And I would say, like, that ability to find the lessons in it and Mm -hmm. to then leave the negativity or the, the, you know, not wallowing and not getting stuck in it and not telling crappy stories about stuff that happened in the past. (laughs) Like, like, look, the, like, they, you can leave that behind. And, and yeah, even how do you help like, clients do that? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of people that have had experiences <sighs> that they haven't left behind. They haven't found the learning in it. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, like, even though maybe it was a decade ago or even longer, um, I help them rewrite the story yeah. they're telling. Because honestly, the only place that the, the mm-hmm. history like lives is in your own brain it's the thoughts (laughs) and the stories that you were telling about the experience and like why would you continue to tell a story that disempowers you that that makes Mm. you hurt like I you know I get it like I was there like I had a very traumatic childhood and I had to go back Mm. and rewrite that story and say Mm. like these people did the best they could with the knowledge and the skills and abilities that they had that their behavior was not okay. But like, if they knew better, I yeah. truly believe that they would have done better. They just didn't know better. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so that's an example of like how you can go back and reframe a story where like, instead, I used mm. to think that I was unlovable and unworthy and, and all this other garbage that made me feel really bad and, and required me to like have to fix something about myself where all I needed to go back and be like, Oh, Oh, I had, 
imperfect humans as parents and they didn't have the, the knowledge, skills or abilities that they needed to do a better job as my parents. Okay. Like the problem wasn't me, right? Like I just happened to right. be in an environment with people that couldn't handle the responsibilities that they had. Yeah. And like, that's so freeing, yeah. right? When you're able to go back and rewrite a story like that. Yeah. Like, and, and, you know, and, and people have their own trauma that they're dealing with. Like, you just never know, you know? And yeah. you're right. Like, it doesn't excuse any behavior done. Like, it doesn't Correct. make it go away. It doesn't excuse it or anything like that. But it also, but like you said, but it also is like, now I can move on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. you know, I, it's not excusable, but I get it. And now mm -hmm. it's over. And it is what it is, <laughs> even though that's like the worst phrase in the world. But I can't think of a better one. But it is yeah. what it is. Go on, you know? Right. And, you know, I wouldn't wish some of the things that happened to me upon other people, but right. it did help shape me into the person that I am today. And it's helped me be able to hold space for other people's pain. And so mm -hmm. I have found, you know, this silver lining in mm -hmm. a crappy childhood and in that story, but I don't tell it the same way anymore because I don't want mm -hmm. to. Like, it, that, that the way I was saying, like, the story I was telling before, or like, like you mm -hmm. said, was like when you got fired from a job, you could be telling mm -hmm. that in a way that disempowers you and, and makes you mm -hmm. feel bad and makes you feel angry. Um, yeah. and carrying that emotional baggage about something that happened a decade plus ago is only robbing you of your power and your potential right now. Yeah. And you know, what's so funny is like, I, I wrote about this too, because I learned this lesson. Um, and I think I, I, it probably developed, I might've gotten it from, you know, I, I read a lot of books and talk to a lot of amazing people like yourself. So it might've come from that too. But the lesson I learned was like about excuses was that the, the worst part about excuses is they're all real for the most part. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the worst yeah. part. Like you did have a crappy childhood. Um, you were really good at that job, even though they fired you, like they didn't see you like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they're real, you know, there's a lot of validity in these things, you know, but what do you do with that? All, yeah. all you can do, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I choose to mm -hmm. fight. I don't want it to hold me back any longer. Right. Like right, right, back right. enough, like during the experience, but like, that's mm -hmm. where, you know, anyone who's listening, who has something in the past that they're dragging along with them, like you can put that shit down. You, like, you don't, <laughs> yeah. sorry, um, yeah. like you don't Go, have to do drag it. You, you know what I mean? Like, that's like so yeah. much unnecessary weight. Like, and how long do you want to carry that for? Right, right. And I learned the other day from a, from a, from a podcast about this idea that of like energy and time. So like when I said earlier, like, I don't have the time for that. What I meant to say was I don't have the energy to like keep yes. dwelling on this stuff. Like I don't have the energy for that. Like I don't have enough. I, I have a hundred percent bandwidth. And I need to put it all on my projects. I don't have enough of that bandwidth of that energy to put it, to put it in this, this, this situation that was real, the situation that actually what I, I was wrong. Do you know what I mean? I was maliciously yeah. shot with an arrow figuratively. I didn't get shot with an arrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Now I just need to set up boundaries for myself and for the, and to learn the next time and to set up boundaries for the next time and then keep going. Cause I don't have the energy for this. Like, I need yeah. to be putting it somewhere else. So many people are walking around exhausted and they have not done anything Ooh, to physically man. exert themselves. And if you are walking around exhausted, it means that you are wasting so much of your bandwidth on stuff like old energetic stuff that you just need to clear out. Yeah, yeah, man. Mm. It's true, though. It's true. And that's why I like. That's why I like uh, doing these podcasts and, and meeting people yeah. and getting this message out there. Cause it's, it's, it's about the story. It's about, it's about what, what you said. It's about being able to rewrite the story and you can rewrite anything right now. Yeah. You can change yeah. where you're going. You can rewrite the story that you tell yourself in the past. You can, you can get on a new path. Like we don't have to wait anymore. You know what I'm saying? I like that. You know, yeah. you know we don't have to wait anymore to, to change it. Well, you know, we can do it people will push back on like rewriting the story about like uh, it being the truth. But here's what I know. Okay. I have two younger sisters and I, we can talk, be like, Hey, remember that time when, and we start t telling a story and they're like, no, I don't remember it being like that. Like it was like this. And they'll tell me, we'll be talking about the exact same experience, but telling it in mm. two totally different ways. So 
the way that you tell the story, you're the only one telling it that way. I promise you. It, like whoever yeah. else is in your story, maybe the person who wronged you or the person that you happened to wrong, um, y'all are telling a different story about it. So um, <laughs> if that's the the truth, and it always is, that means that like yeah. you're the one holding the pen to the story that you're telling. And well, why, isn't it? Yeah, like. Yeah. And well, isn't it funny? I mean, history is literally written by the person writing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yeah. So is this a personal history that you really want to write for yourself? Right. Right. It's like, you know, we talk about, and I know that that sounded weird, but like, like the way that history is told is from the person writing it. Like mm-hmm. that's, I mean, even in our history books, that's why in America we're having so much issue right now is because right. the person who decided to write the history, the way that they wrote it was the one who wrote it. <laughs> we we yeah. should have had someone writing it, man. Maybe we wouldn't be in this situation. I don't know. I don't know. We don't need to get into all that. But, yeah, that's you a know whole other rant, but I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'd be like, if you're if you're going to write the story, if you're if you're remembering this, you're the author. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man, I don't know. You know, people are like, I, and that's the kind of thing, right? Is when pe- is what you said, like, well, that's not the truth. Well, then why don't you just tell yourself the truth of what happened? You know, I had I was in a crappy spot. You know, I'm taking my 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 job experience. I was in a crappy spot. I was in a, I made a desperate move that I probably shouldn't have made. It didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, even though I was pretty good at it. Full stop. That's the story. Move on. If you want want to tell yourself the truth then tell yourself the truth. It was just a bad situation. Like there was no, could I have done something differently? Maybe. Could they have done something differently? Sure. Did I mess up? Yeah. Did they mess? You know what I mean? You can just keep going. But like at the end of the day, it's like, Fine. Then tell yeah. yourself the truth and just keep going. Yeah, just don't, <laughs> don't like don't use story. that as evidence for some crappy belief that you want to have about yourself, <laughs> right? Like I'm a bad employee. Yeah. Like I'm I'm not good at my job. Or, like there's so many interpretations that you could have taken from exactly. that truth and use that as evidence. And that's like so many people are walking around with really crappy belief about themselves, and it's because they've got that belief, like I I suck or I'm unlovable or whatever it is, and then they're they're yeah looking backwards at their history to tell it in a way that proves those things true. Yeah. Or one of the quickest yeah. ways to clear that up is to be like, Oh wait, what are the, what are the other ways that I could describe that situation? <laughs> like what are the other possibilities? Yeah. And, and yeah. this is oh, yeah. important. like, I know we were talking at the beginning right. about our goals and our future focus, but like, and then we got into this into the past, but this is so important because most of us look backwards at who we were and the results that we have created to decide what's possible for us in the future. And so many people use the past to limit what is possible for themselves in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, um, I, cause I'm on your side. If you're going to tell, if you're going to create the story, then, <laughs> then make it in your favor. Then just, then yes. tell yourself the story, you know, just be like, Hey man, you know, I, I it was like, and and my thing is, is like, I don't know, getting to the point with me that I was comfortable, comfortable enough saying like, like. It was OK for me to make a mistake. I think that's when a lot of, of other things changed, too, was like you yeah. made a mistake. Eh, OK, <laughs> don't we? All, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're allowed to make mistakes. You're allowed to be imperfect. And then and then let that be, you know, and, and other people and then allow other people to be. And And I'm not. You know, it's all it's always funny when we get into this conversation about like accountability, right? Mm-hmm. Especially because it's easy for me to say in sales that I'm 100 percent accountable, that that if I didn't get a deal, that it was something for, with me and that I can learn. Right. And that's and that's healthy if you're in sales. Right. It's not healthy yeah. if you're dealing with like trauma like that. Then the story changes. You know, then that then that thing changes a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Correct. But but. Uh, but Allow you're not yourself. responsible for what happened to you, but you're responsible for what you do with it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and how and how you can keep moving forward and how you can like love yourself and and like yeah. forgive somebody or or something like that. Right. Yeah. Can we talk about forgiveness for a second? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is so important in terms of the story writing. I think there's this whole like idea of forgiveness is we need to sit down with the person that wronged us and they have to tell us that they (laughs) apologize to us and like face to face. And that prevents a lot of people from having forgiveness because a lot of times the person that wronged us doesn't think that they did anything wrong or they might Mm -hmm. be incapable of apologizing. You might never Mm -hmm. be able to have that. And so really forgiveness is, is you deciding to let go of the anger and the hurt and the disappointment, Mm -hmm. not because their behavior was okay. Their behavior was Mm -hmm. probably still inappropriate. And we can agree that their behavior is inappropriate, but you forgiving them is you putting down the hurt and the pain and saying, I don't have bandwidth for that anymore. And I'm Mm -hmm. not going to spend my bandwidth on carrying this hurt any longer. Your behavior Mm -hmm. was inappropriate, but I forgive you. And Mm -hmm. forgiveness is like the greatest gift of love that you can give to yourself. Yeah. 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 So my thing, my thing is, is if I, I, this is just what I say, right. If forgiveness exists at all, it only exists within us. Like there's, cause there's Mm -hmm. nothing like, Hey, I want you to, I I want you to know that I forgive you to me, you know, that (laughs) that conversation might be like, for what, (laughs) You you know what I'm saying? Like, um, cause like you're saying, right. Like some people just don't know, like, or, or, then you get into these fights, but it's like, do you have the energy for it? Do you have the time for it? Um, yeah. Because, you know, and then, yeah. and then when you're you get to see to forgive someone or yourself, you just continue to drink the poison. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, forgiveness yeah. is all about putting the, the bottle of poison down and saying, I'm not going to drink that right. anymore. Right. And then, and it goes back to the, what I, you know, what I was saying, like, um, excuses are real (laughs) like the worst part about excuses is that they're real and i'm not saying okay let me rephrase that in this situation right when you're when you're on the other side of the spectrum um it's not an excuse because like these things happen to people and trauma is real and i'm not trying to downplay that at all so i'll get that out there but at the same time it's like you know the longer that you hold on to it the more it's going to hurt yeah and so eventually even in the midst of all of the the horrible crap that humanity offers, like it's us making a choice and saying, I'm going to be happy in the midst of all this turmoil by setting good boundaries, by learning if there was something to learn, and then just realizing that we live in a fallen world and and bad stuff happens for no reason. And we just got to keep going. Otherwise, you know, we're going to die before we were supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's so true. I mean, it's like, it goes back to like, you keep bringing up like the Buddhism stuff. It's like the, the compassion is all about recognizing that we all suffer. Like the, the biggest truth. And it's like someone who hurt you is probably hurting themselves. Right. Like it doesn't make their behavior appropriate, but like when we can, heal the trauma within ourselves we can see oh they were hurting too yeah well and i think the main point that we're getting at is like when you grow from this when you grow from your trauma and when you when you learn that these principles that we've been talking about you can help other people and i think that that is a really noble goal when you're talking about look i'm not just healing from this for myself i'm healing from this for generations like because I, you know, generational trauma is real. Yeah. Like, that, <laughs> is I know it's real. real. Like, people think that's yeah. woo woo. And I'm like, you're, you, then you, I'm like, you know, you either don't have empathy or you've never, or like, you just don't want to see that because I know it's real. Like, it's happened. Yeah. It happened. If yeah. you, if you, you have to break the chain and you, yeah. you know, and, and to heal for other people. I can't remember the exact specifics, but there's this study they did in, I think it was rats, where they shocked um, a female rat or something, like caused Uh her nervous system trauma. Um, They then bred that rat and then bred it again and bred it like um, three generations, then its child Uh and then its child and then its child. I think it was four rats removed from the rat that had the trauma um the the fourth descendant had the same reaction mm. trauma gets wired into our nervous systems and passed down 
And not only that, it's also like, you know, you're raised by the person who had trauma. And if they haven't healed their trauma, the way they deal with that, you're going to learn that from them and and you pass it down that way too, right? Like it's encoded in our nervous systems, but it's also encoded in our habits of thinking and our habits of behavior. And and that's how like trauma keeps going until you decide I'm going to be the one that heals this shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's the goal, right? Um, Because like I said, I believe it. And so, yeah, I have to fight again, you know, a little personal, but you know, I fight every day to just make sure, and I'm not perfect. But, you know, I fight every day to make sure that I I don't pass anything on because like, you know, you just because it's not, you know, then it becomes, you know, then it becomes not so much about me anymore. Like I need to heal up to a point so that I can help other people. Like I want people to be happy. And if I genuinely want that, then healing for me is necessary. Right. Yeah. It's actually selfless, right? A lot of times people are like, oh, well, if I go work on myself, that's selfish. I don't have time for that. But it's like actually (laughs) the most selfless thing that you can do because once you heal, you can help other people heal too. You can share and be compassionate and empathetic and also share like what you learned and share your experience with other people and tell them, hey, this is the path that I took towards healing. This might help you too, right? right? That's that's pretty selfless. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you doing your healing and not passing that on to your kids, that's selfless too, because they're not going to like have the same experience with the things that hurt that you do. Yeah. Or not even, you know, kids is obviously a a big one. Uh, Like I have kids, but also like anybody that you meet, like, you know, we're, we're, do you want to, do you want to extend the chain or do you want to break it and just be the, and, and the buck stops with me and I'm not going to let this, affect not only me anymore but other people that i interact with you know what i'm saying yeah it's such a huge ripple effect right because if you if you've had all that trauma and you're like walking around angry and explosive you know you're at the grocery store probably mean to the person at the the checkout counter right and that person then is like what a bad day because everybody was mean to them at the checkout counter and they go home and they're crumping with their kids like that there's such a huge ripple effect. And then think about how many yeah. humans you interact with in a single day. Like yeah. if you're walking around as a live wire because of unhealed pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well, Hey, I have taken a lot of your time, but I really appreciate uh, you coming on and, and talking about everything that you're doing. Um, it was, it was a treat for me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, likewise. Uh, clearly, I enjoy geeking out about this stuff. And I, I love our conversation. So thanks for having me on the on the Thinking yeah, Project. Absolutely. Before we go, Dr. D, um, yeah. where can people find you? How do they get a hold of you? You got a website. I mean, if they want any of your services or anything like that, go ahead and, and give yourself a plug. Sure thing. Uh, my website is myyeslife.com. You can also find me on Instagram at dfraney. And I have a podcast of my own. It's called Ambitious Women. Check out your podcast then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pointed out, but it's it's pretty gender gender neutral information. (laughs) Oh, that's great, though. That's great, though. Because so before we before we sign off. Yeah. That's something that uh, that I love because I have a daughter and uh, and I that's my goal for her is like to be, you know, unapologetically herself. Girl power. We have our mantras that we uh, that we recite, you know, oh, I love that. So good. Because it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. I love it. So thank you. Um, and I appreciate everything. And uh, and it was great. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Dalton.